global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. Stocks trading at records. This update brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology, generating $1.7 billion in economic activity annually as the state's premier public technological research university. Learn more at njit.edu. Let's head right over to the first word breaking news desk for today's afternoon call. Here is Bill Maloney. And good afternoon, Charlie. Manuous averages are climbing today with the S&P 500 trading higher for an eighth day. Dow is currently up 100 points. S&P has gained 14, while the Nasdaq climbs by 47. The small cap 600 is up two points and the U.S. 10 yield at 2.35%. Nine of the main 11 SB sectors are trading higher, led by gains in financials, technology, and consumer discretionary, utilities, and telecom led to the downside. NASA Biotech's rise for transports dropped 32, semis gained two, and the VIX is down by 2.6%. Leaders to the upside in the Dow are Goldman Sachs, Microsoft, and J.P. Morgan, while United Health and Disney led to the downside. In deal news, Dow Jones reported that Pinnacle Entertainment and Penn National are said to be considering a merger. And in other news, Navient fell as much as 14% as the Pennsylvania AG sued the company, citing widespread abuses in student loan origination. After earnings, Constellation Brands gained as much as 6.1%. And note that Costco reports after the bell. Live from the first breaking news desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Charlie. All right, thanks, Bill. And to hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg type squawk, S-Q-U-A-W-K, on your terminal. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Charlie Pellet, thank you so much. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets, Carol Master, Corey Johnson, and this is Bloomberg Radio. new way for coins to enter into the world that is uh, alternative currencies like Bitcoin. Uh, but uh, these initial coin offerings are sucking up all kinds of money in a really fascinating way. What's the big meaning for venture capital firms? Someone who's thought a lot about that is uh, Jeff Buskang. He's a partner at Flybridge Capital in Boston. Joins us right now. And, and uh, Jeff, uh, th- these ICOs are, are uh, fairly interesting. They remind me a lot of sort of, of SPACs, which I made fun of earlier this week on Bloomberg Radio, saying they're the craziest investments of all time. But these these notions of a currency, which have which are, are not even in existence sometimes when these ICOs are offered, uh, are drawing uh, hundreds of millions of dollars, it seems, uh, from investors. Actually, even more, there was more money raised over the summer in these ICOs than in venture capital over a billion dollars. So, yes, they are becoming very popular and a a very credible source of capital for these young companies. Well, let's throw out some numbers. I mean, we have seen ICOs used to raise more than $2 billion this year. Last month, uh, we saw several blows, though, to cryptocurrencies. You had South Korea, China banning ICOs. Um, for those not in the know, right, they're like an initial public offering. You say that ICOs will kill venture capital firms. I could see that, right? If people kind of buy into this, and this is how they go for funding, certainly uh, early stage uh, funding, that could have an impact on the industry. I don't say that they'll kill venture capital firms, but they are very disruptive. There's still a place for seed and early stage venture firms like our firm Flybridge because most of these um, companies that are doing these ICOs aren't yet formed. They're still very early in their process, so they raise a little bit of money from people like us. They create the company. They create the platform. But then what happens next? Probably 10 to 20% of all the startups in our, at least in our ecosystem, could be doing an ICO and therefore avoid later stage financing from VCs. 
So to that, I mean, is, there there is at some point a limited amount of money, though. If there's starting, is, is the notion that, that that could even happen where they're sucking away so much money that that's just going to happen? Well, think about it this way. ICOs are allowing startups to access global pools of capital that have no friction. When I want to raise money for Flybridge 5, I have to go to a bunch of institutional investors. And then when a, v, when a startup wants to raise money for me, I have to make a decision with my partnership as to whether we're going to invest in them. But if a startup wants to raise money, that whole chain disappears and is compressed. Anybody in the world can invest $1,000 in that startup through the ICO process. Um, what kind of investors are we talking about? Who's who's putting money into these things? I got to tell you, I get, I get, you know, I don't invest in these kinds of things just because of what, what I do for a living. I don't want our listeners to think that I have a conflicting interests. But I, I get approached all the time for these ICOs, and they sound some of them sound very harebrained to me. Many of them are, and like any bubble, you get people trying to take advantage of it. But some of them are real companies doing really interesting things, disrupting Amazon's business, disrupting Facebook's business, etc. And in terms of who invests in them, it happens that uh, these are global investors. So in our, one of our portfolio companies just finished a $45 million initial coin offering, and their investors were institutional firms in China, cryptocurrency hedge funds, as well as individuals. So I don't know. I, I think we're all trying to figure out, um, Jeff, this world, um, certainly the digital you know, whether it's blockchain, whether it's bitcoins, whether it's ICOs. Um, so do so do they have a role in terms of raising capital that you think is a good thing? Or how should people who are also, you know, thinking about um, this and, and what role that they may play in the future, how should they be thinking about it? Well, I think, Carol, you got to take a step back. Mm. Companies that are a good fit for coin offerings and tokenizing their platforms are the first point of evaluation. And as I said earlier, probably 10 to 20% of all startups might be a good fit for that. So first you have to decide, does a tokenized, distributed, decentralized network make sense for my business? If that's true, then creating value in the token and issuing tokens and raising money on the tokens would be a good strategy. But if you can't credibly develop a strategy based on a decentralized network, and if you can't credibly develop a strategy that is based on blockchain, then it does not make sense. It's interesting in your post where you wrote on this, too, you talk about the importance of experienced advice, you know, from seasoned venture seasoned venture capitalists, the importance of that, you know, but that once entrepreneurs kind of get beyond that stage and they've got uh, a good team in place and they're kind of moving along, that maybe then, um, re- you know, raising capital through the sale of tokens makes sense. That's right. And again, if it's a business model that fits a decentralized platform, then tokenization makes a ton of sense. Then why bother diluting yourself with venture capital money? Why not try to build a token-based system? And there's a a subtle benefit to token-based systems, which is your group, uh, your listeners all probably know about network effects and the power of network effects. What's amazing about token-based networks is that it creates network ownership effects. So the network effect is even stronger because the holders of the token have ownership over the success of the network. Jeff, I hope you come back because I do feel like this is an area that's got a lot of exploring to do and a lot of discussion to do. Jeff Buskang, partner at Flybridge Capital, joining us on the phone in Boston. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets. Carol Massacore Johnson right here on Bloomberg Radio. 